Join us at our annual conferences in Surrey, Sydney and Florida to get up to speed on this year's theme of Next Generation ITAM. For more information, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events. Today's podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sam Charter. Sam Charter are offering our podcast listeners a free copy of their Sam ecosystem. Simply enter your email address at bit.ly forward slash Sam ecosystem. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Sam ecosystem, all one word. Now, this is the sort of um, system model that you're going to want to print out and stick on your wall at work or at your home office or wherever it is that you do your Sam awesomeness. Rory Canavan from Sam Charter suggests that this is consultancy in a can because it gives you a bird's eye view of all the processes you'll possibly need for a Sam practice. It also aligns to the Sam Charter process kit and can be integrated with your ISO 19770 um, implementation. So for your free copy, please visit bit.ly forward slash Sam ecosystem. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. News, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. And today I have, um, as we've referred to him recently, the James Bond of Warrington. Um, um, or, or Warrington's answer to James Bond. Um, welcome Roy Canavan of Sam Charter. Well, thank you very much, Martin. And, and my apologies and sympathies to Warrington. Um, it's, a, it's a sad look out for the town, really, isn't it? <laughs> So you very kindly joined us. We, we're doing a series of podcasts around the Excellence Award winners, and you um, picked up the um, ITAM Professional of the Year. You were also a, um, a, a judge in previous years, and because of your nominations for your um, award, we had to boot you off the judging panel because it wouldn't be very fair, I don't think, anyway, to have the judge being voted for and all the rest of it. So. Could you talk us through the whole process? How, how did you, how did it all come about? Um, I think uh, from my own part, I saw a post from um, Karen McAllen, who, who is your um, promotions director or, or marketing director, I believe, events director, isn't it, I think? Events director, um, events black belt. Yeah, so she'd made a post on LinkedIn, I think, looking for um, you know, people to come forward and get and get nominated and what have you. So I thought I'd I'd put my shoulder behind the wheel and and make a post of my own. Um, and so I suspect off the back of that, although I I did say to people rather jokingly, don't vote for me, because um, I was expecting to be part of the judging panel again this year. Um, yeah, sure enough, somebody actually went ahead and nominated me then at that point. So. Um, which was great and, and uh, hugely flattering. So at that point then, I think the uh, the discussions um, started internally around um, whether or not um, I should be a judge and a nominee or just a nominee or just a judge, et cetera. So um, 
so yeah i thought well I've, I've done the judging for the last couple of years let's see how i get on um you know being a nominee and for those that are not familiar what is what, what do you do and what what does sam charter do yeah sure so um the way the way i've seen the the sam and itam market grow over the last few years is it's very much been a case of the um the resolution to sam or itam is the the sale of the sam suite uh, and to my way of thinking that's like owning a cooker now i own a cooker but that doesn't make me gordon ramsay not by a long stretch so you've actually got to think about where the data is that's coming to um generate sam reports who owns the data what systems are host that data uh, and how it all interacts and then you've got to then consider all the moving parts in a in an IT lifecycle and all the change that takes place uh, and pretty much before you know it um, all of that doesn't fall on the tool it falls on the rest of the system that looks after software asset management and invariably that's either the people or it's going to be the processes that are set up to um, act as the glue of SAM then so we we focus very much on making sure that you've got a process framework in place that sits around the tool uh, and acts as the glue between um, your your human resource then at that point and the systems that may be in place the the it systems i should say that are in place so we've done a podcast with um joe powell joseph powell from itemize recently and he was covering mm-hmm. the fact that his business exists because people aren't able to successfully implement samples properly or they fail or people move on or for whatever reason he's helping them out and making making sure they make the most of things from a technical point of view because um, sometimes maybe there's wrong expectations when they buy the technology so what mm-hmm. is you said that you're you're doing the work because a sample is not a perfect solution so what what are samples missing that you provide in terms of process surely that's built within the tool or that's the expectation at least um i think i i think there is this idea of a of a plug and play environment that um um you buy the system the system is going to do everything for you um and i think people are people's learning curves if they if they adapt that approach or adopt that approach i should say when they start they're on for uh, a very steep learning curve when they find out that actually the data that might be required to um, uh, you know generate an effective license position um, is is not at the mercy of the SAM suite if only it were and and even when you get to that point of generating uh, an ELP and saying this is where we are with Microsoft or Oracle or IBM etc if that position is not acceptable to the business it's then a case of well what are we doing about that and and again, you come back to process. So um, that's that's really you know why why the tool is most definitely not the solution. And I I think there's there's this over reliance, shall we say, on IT of, of ease of use. And um, you know I think everybody may or a lot of people may think that they're operating you know a laptop you know and, and hooking up to a Wi-Fi as they would in a coffee shop or whatever. Um, it's it's not that simple, unfortunately. So um, ISO quotes 20 odd, 22, 27. I never remember the number of processes. Um, mm-hmm. 27, if, I think. Yeah. If um, if an organisation needs to look at process, where, where are they typically yes. 
falling down? What, what, where are the, where's the low hanging fruit? If they were to look at five processes, what, what would they be? Um, great question. So, depending on your your objectives, certainly short term, you should definitely be recycling software. Now, I, I could argue that you might even uh, well, you'd need a you'd need some sort of measurement in place to be able to tell whether software is not being used. So definitely recycle software. Not only does that shrink your SAM scope, so you're not having to find the evidence for software that's not being used, but it also gives you the potential of restocking your license pool. It also gives you the potential of reducing compliance risk then as well, because you've got a greater reserve. Um, and it has knock-on consequences as well for information security. So you may be sh inadvertently or otherwise, you're shutting down portals, points of ingress and egress into the organization, which is no bad thing. Um, and you could be reducing service desk load as well. Um, so people aren't having to know all the tips, tricks and nuances around all the various instances of software or versions and additions of software that might be bouncing around your IT estate. So very much, you know, don't look at recycling um, as something you do after an ELP. Start it as soon as you humanly possibly can. Um, what else? Definitely uh, some sort of governance process because you don't want SAM to be an IT-only operational aspect. You're, if, if you're in any sort of organization of some size, you're going to realize you're going to need senior management buy-in. Um, so, so absolutely have that too. Also make sure that as we're leading into ISO and best practice then at that point, have a process which looks to define what software you need to run the organization so that off the back of that you can create a supported software catalog so, so that would a, be what that's could, that's three i think we could take a step back what what's a, what do you mean by governance process as in this is how we're going to behave and it written down and what 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 do you mean by that process yeah so it's it's as much it's as every bit as much a a writing down exercise as it is a communications exercise as well so the the idea of having some sort of governance process in place is that you will have software asset management objectives which in turn plug into IT and IT in turn supports the business so having governance is the um is looking at it from the other view and saying right right sam this is what we want so you, you're talking in that language then that, which is right at the beginning of iso i think around phrases like return on investment total cost of ownership um uh reduction of risk um so really phrases that you know we we bat around in sam a fair deal but um you know you wouldn't have to know sam to understand what they are so so, so that sounds like a policy how do you make a policy yeah. a process? So at that point, what you will find is that as you deconstruct a policy, um, you may need multiple processes to actually serve that policy then at that point. And your, um, uh, your, your processes then become almost like the cogs in a watch. So they, each specific cog performs a, a, an exact function, which goes towards the correct telling of the time um which would be your your policy then or you know the the truth as the uh, as the business sees it as to how uh, how software should be managed or uh, whichever sort of business goal they're looking to drive then so i'm sure you can think of a better example but i'm just thinking your governance policy might say um you're not going to have unauthorized software or games on your estate 
and the process would be to go and look for those and escalate them. Is that isn't that an example of governance in in, in action? Yeah, that that would be a good one. I mean, you could you could bracket off the um, the um, the the governance level there as um, potentially as risk. I mean, you you could start talking at that level because you may you may find that if you're talking with people who are six or seven pay grades above you, they're not interested in games. They're not interested in um, uh, World of Warcraft or whatever people might be playing in their lunch hour or whatever. But you talk to them about um, fiscal liability of, of having those, um, you know, unlicensed or, or um, non-approved titles in an IT environment or, or the work environment. That tends to get their attention then at that point. And it also obviously depends on your organisation because I remember speaking to Danny Begg at uh, St. Louis Argos and he was saying uh, they don't mind if someone's got football manager on their laptop because we've through work we've put them in a hotel room for three nights and they they want to have something to do so um it yeah. depends on your on your outlook and what what your uh, business is like so you, you, you spoke about governance and uh, reclaim of unused software what was the third one so i think the third one was a support uh, create and maintain a supported software catalog then at that point and and have it haven't recognizing the life cycle around that then at that point as well so there is a means for software to come in and software to go out as well and and keeping that list vibrant and live and relevant to the company i don't know um, if you sorry to interrupt Rory, i don't know if you remember because you very kindly joined us in australia for our australian conference and during one of the q a's a, a lady asked um should i be the one that's evaluating the different pieces of software to determine which one's the best one for the business and um I think she had a team of two or three sound people and we was, I think the, the audience was all encouraging her to say, um, what on earth are you doing that for? Basically, you know, the, the business units yeah. or the demand for software should be looking at that rather than IT asset management. Have you got a view on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, you know, particularly as the organization gets larger, what you'll find is you will have uh, application owners or even system owners or product champions, um, a you know, uh, where the book stops in terms of how the product is used and what it's used for uh, and whether it's still relevant for for the business. Um, but again, if you want to go back to to ITIL, perhaps even if you're looking at how your, your business is structured in supporting, you know, your ePortal or your CRM or um, uh, some sort of ERP system, um, if you look at the technology stack that supports that, it's it's a very rare day when it's 100% one vendor. You will you will have multiple software vendors in that in that composition, or as it's been customised for you. So why not go to the person who owns the CRM or the ERP system and and say, right, do we still need this particular title? If we remove this, is it is it going to be like a, a pulling a, a a pin out of a grenade is everything going to explode or are we all right to remove this or you know upgrade to another version or an instance or whatever so so always sort of secure business buy-in there wherever possible but just prod them now and again because it's amazing how many people will forget or people will move on and and ownership and and responsibility isn't transferred in you know in, in the hr life cycle as it as it sort of changes through and people come in and out and if nothing else um get some help. So if you do own the evaluation process of software, then 
get some other stakeholders in a room to, as a panel to help you do that because it's it should, I don't think you should be in ITAM at all, but the rest of us should yeah. help you. So that was three. What's four and five? Putting you on the spot. Right, I'm I'm gonna but I'm I'm gonna bundle and, four and five and we're gonna we're, we're gonna I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you just after I've asked a question, but I'm just imagining you in your home office with the the Sam Charter poster on the wall. So you've got you've got a reference guide here. I, I can see it. <laughs> um yeah, it's actually on my laptop, but yes, you're absolutely right. I am I'm kind but that's the thing, because it's on my laptop and it's A one in size. Um, I'm I'm having to squint a bit. I'm looking at it, thinking I need to get to Specsavers or something because it's not uh, it's not conducive to my small screen. Um, but you say four and five. I'm gonna I'm gonna be ever so cheeky and push in a six as well. So after after those three, after we've got recycling, governance, and a supported software catalog sorted, I would then be looking at your request process, your purchase process, and your deployment process. Um, now. It, it may well be that your deployment process or software change management process, whatever you want to call it, has already been created and is owned by service management. Um, you just want to make sure there's a there's a SAM spine running through it to make sure that changes aren't made without um, appropriate licensing covering any changes then at that point. Um, as far as procurement goes, you want to make sure that a sense of due diligence takes place so it's not just the project manager coming in with sufficient budget to cover the software. Um, you want to make sure that you're from procurement angle, you're you're doing your own sense of of making sure that you can buy software under a contract, that it's perhaps a vendor that uh, um, you're you have approved to do business with, or a reseller you've approved to do business with. Um, and from your request point of view, um, line management approval, IT approval should be a tick in the box. Then at that point, if you've got your your supported software catalog set up, um, and also that. Um, you don't rubber stamp requests coming through. You actually check the license pool before you actually say yes or no, you can have this. So um, that sets a very solid foundation then that when your inventory data comes in and your entitlement data comes in, it, it's giving you half a chance that you're actually going to be reporting accurately on your IT estate then at that point. Sorry to get super nerdy on you, ITAM nerdy. Go on. But why would... Why would you want to check the license pool before you? Uh, if if somebody's had a management approval for software and yeah. they want some, why why does the license pool have anything to do with it? Because that implies so, it's, it's it's a lottery. On Monday I might get a license. On Tuesday I might not, depending on whether you've got a pool or not. I've got a, I've got a approval for it regardless. It's the Sam yeah, so, Sam team's issue to sort out whether we have got surplus or not, isn't it? It it is, but what you um. You, what you want to make sure is that when when the request goes through, if you've already bought the software, you don't buy it twice. And I I would argue that you do that at the request point rather than trying to do it in the procurement point because the procurement guys don't want to be tapping into a SAM tool saying, oh, you know, can we bounce this back? Can we send this to change management straight away? Actually, you can do it at the point of request and not bother the procurement people at all then. Right. So at what point would you decline it? You could decline it whether um, at any point um, during the request process. So um, it could be that line management doesn't give approval. Um, it could be that it's not on the supported software catalog then at that point, um, at which point you could either make a decision to say, no, we've flat out rejected that because we've already put that on a retired or disposed of list or a not approved list. Um, or you could pass off then to some sort of software testing and packaging process by which software is validated before it is um, approved 
for for use in the business because you still want to have that degree of flexibility which says you know if a new title comes along we will uh, endeavor to try and cope and manage somehow so you do uh, you do consulting around process for people um yes i also know that you do um a kit for people that want to do it themselves could you tell us about mm-hmm. that kit yeah so it's it's basically i'm trying trying to offer consultancy in a can uh insofar as you've you've been landed with a tool day one right what do we do how do we actually get the best out of the tool that we have in place um so i i have currently i have 23 processes in a in a pdf format and a sort of a talk through around um how to apply them uh, and, and general guidance around around sort of uh, program management or project management for for ITAM. Um, so the um, the map that you mentioned, the the ecosystem that that I have in front of me, um, supports the process kit. Um, it, it's template in nature as well, so um, you get the Visio files with it, so that if you do wish to add extra steps or bells and whistles in with the processes overall. You've you've got a, a modelling solution there that you can sh- just sort of build on best practice already, or I would argue good as a minimum good practice anyway. Yeah. And it's an impressive looking uh, big poster that you have as well, and it's a sort of document that I think if you scrambled it up and dipped it in tea, it would make a good pirate map. It's got that. It's quite robust, detailed image, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I, I have to sort of. Um, uh, doff my cap uh, a degree to uh, to Kylie Fowler as well from from ITAM Intelligence because she um, she she helped me get the visuals looking as good as it did because I I wanted to make sure that um, I clearly highlighted this relationship between the request procurement and and purchase process which I I refer to as the Bermuda Triangle of SAM um, and prior iterations of that the triangle was um, shall we say it, it wasn't sort of easy on the eye so. Uh, um, she's she was very helpful in doing QA and uh, and getting that looking you know as good as it does now. I'm, I I do in a cartwheels every time I look at it actually, particularly when I do see it in the flesh in the A1 print off because uh, it does uh, does make me go give me a warm feeling. <laughs> so Bermuda Triangle implies that something's gone missing somewhere. What what is that? The the, the communication and connectivity between those three. Yeah, ex- exactly that. So if you if you have these processes operating in isolation, you're you're setting yourself up for the perfect storm of a software vendor when they come in because there's no ownership. Software is is just being rubber stamped um, and, and purchased or approved. Um, there's no um, correlation between what was requested is what was bought and what was bought was what was deployed, and um, that that really is a recipe for disaster then when it comes not only on day-to-day management for Sam, but also that point, as I said, when a software vendor comes knocking on the door. So life after an excellence awards. So you picked up this gong. Um, yes. What what happens next? So what's next? So um, I'm looking to um, Revise and refresh the the process kit again with uh, with Kylie Fowler. We're looking to model dedicated hardware asset management processes and then look at creating uh, cloud processes. Um, and then finally, we will come up 
also with a uh, a KPI document for SAM, HAM and ITAM, you know, for all the various processes that we actually have then at that point. And people will be able to mix and match um, the purchases then at that point across five five books, I think, or five e-books that we'll, we'll put together. Um, so that's in the pipeline. Uh, we're, we're currently working through that. Um, on the maturity assessment side, we're adding uh, more optional sections for our partners for the um, uh, the online uh, process maturity assessment that we have. So we can start asking questions from a vendor-specific point of view as it pertains to licensing. So as a very glib sort of you know throwaway question, do you consider version and additions of desktop software when requesting uh, uh, Microsoft software, as an example, because the, the price difference between, say, standard and professional can be quite uh, eye-watering. Um, and, and it may not be necessary that you have professional, it's just because somebody has sort of been dazzled by the expression rather than, well, I'm not standard, I, I am a professional, I need it. Um, so so think, things like that, and, and yeah, and I, I swear that was a throwaway example, we have got much better, better questions than that. Um, that's going through a translation exercise at the moment. Once the translation is done, we'll get it uploaded into the platform, um, and then um, partners can sort of offer it as a, as a tick box option when they send the invitation out to clients then to uh, uh, to take the assessment. Um, what else? I think that's it about it for now. A bit of bit of consultancy here or there. Um, I've I've been asked to speak at an event in Berlin in May. Or chair an event for day two, so um, I'm going to be uh, going to be doing that. And uh, this is this is terrible, lovely, but the organisation's name escapes me. Um, yes, they're, they're a competitor, Rory. So it's a good thing that you've forgotten them. <laughs> um, well, they've only got me for the day, Martin. It's fine. You know, it's not like it's Berlin. It's not Swindon, so I can pop down. It would be um, WeConnect. That's uh, I, I believe you're right there. Yes. Yeah. Is it Sam's Europe? Um, 17th to the 18th of May, anyway. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to read the uh, the blurb here, and it's not leaping out at me. So so that yeah, so that's come off. Um, that's that's about all the gossip I've got for you at the moment in terms of the world of Sam Schwarzman. So, okay. Well, congratulations again on the award. Well deserved. And, Thank you very uh, much. Look forward to working with you throughout 2018. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. Thank you very much.